0: Oh wow, you're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E! Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. See? It's soft. Smooth ends, no flyaways, shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E! Secret Weapon, only from John Frieda.
1: Welcome to the roto DFS podcast for Friday, April 22nd, an Earth Day edition of the roto DFS podcast. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Mr. Benny Ricciardi. You can follow him on Twitter at BennyR11. Benny, what up, brother?
2: Not much. I, um, I actually wanted to talk about something here right away, because I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but did you happen to see Le'Veon Bell's tweet yesterday?
1: I did not.
2: Okay, so apparently the um, NFL, being that yesterday is 420, for people who are in that circle and, and know what that means, Apparently, Le'Veon Bell tweeted out yesterday something along the lines of, uh, yeah, NFL decided to drug test me today. You know, good luck with that sample. (laughs) So, for those of you Dynasty players out there, or for those of you Daily Fantasy players looking to use Le'Veon Bell in week one this year, I'm not sure if that's going to be an issue for us.
1: Uh Uh-uh. Uh Oh, never good. Le'Veon's got a little bit of a history partaking in the ganj. So,
2: yeah, well, that's what I, I mean. You know, that's why I, I said to people, I'm like, you know, he was in the car with uh, um We'll call him LeGarrette Blunt in honor of the 420 day.
1: Yeah, it, it, it works both ways.
2: So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I the way I took that tweet is that he knows he's not going to pass. So I, I can't imagine that's going to be good. So I I feel like there might be a couple game suspension coming up for Le'Veon Bell again to start this year. So it's becoming a habit right now. I don't know.
1: Look at that. See, we're giving out NFL tidbits on the baseball podcast. I'll go one further and I'll even leave out of sports real quick before we jump into a full slate of games. Quick remembrance, uh, shout out, uh, we lost an all-time legend today, Prince passed away at 57, uh, I got to see him in concert once, it was one of the best performances I've ever seen by anybody in anything ever, so uh, R.I.P. a legend in Prince.
2: Yeah, and for those, for those of you who are under, say, 25 and have no idea who Prince is and never heard any of his music, he's the guy from the Chappelle Show video game, Blouses, that's Prince. So. Yep the couch that's it
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah prince was the best and uh uh, definitely deserves to be remembered all right benny let's uh let's actually do what we came here to do and talk a little uh mlb a little rotowire dfs podcast for april 22nd full slate of games i'll run through the matchups real quick and then we'll dive in benny uh no games during the day so 705 start gives you a, a big field to choose from for all those uh all your games tonight. So, you know, really, you got to hone in and and focus and and get the best guys. So uh, 7.05, it starts off. The uh, New York Yankees host the Tampa Bay Rays, a matchup of lefties Matt Morgan's C.C. Sabathia. Uh, then we go to uh, Washington for another 7.05 start as the Twins head into town. Kyle Gibson against the lefty Gio Gonzalez. 7.07 start up in Canada and Toronto as the uh, Oakland Athletics and Sonny Gray head to take Aaron Sanchez and the Blue Jays. Interesting pitching matchup there. Uh, we move on to 7.10. We got two starts at 7.10. The first is in Detroit as the Indians head into take on the Tigers. Josh Tomlin against Justin Verlander. Uh, and then the Cubs head into Cincinnati at 7'10 as well. John Lester versus John Moskett. Uh, the uh, the well not well known John Moskett. We'll get into him. Uh, heading down to Atlanta at 7:35. The New York Mets head into town. Matt Harvey against Bud Norris. 8:10 start in Chicago as the Rangers head in to take on the White Sox. Lefty battle there with Martin Perez taking on Jose Quintana. Uh, then we head to Milwaukee as the Phillies head into town. Aaron Nola against Zach Davies. A matchup of right-handers there. Uh, another righty righty matchup out in Houston at 8:10 as the Red Sox head into town. Stephen Wright, not the comedian. The pitcher taking on Colin McHugh uh, and then an 8-15 start in Kansas City as another righty-righty matchup with the Orioles and Giovanni Gallardo taking on Chris Young and the Royals. Uh, 8-40 start, Coors Field, get excited. Uh, the Dodgers heading to town, lefty Scott Casimir taking on rookie John, or excuse me, I don't know if he's still a rookie or not, but heralded prospect John Gray uh, in his first start of the season. Uh, then we head to 9-40 out in Arizona. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates and Jonathan Neese taking on Patrick Corbin and the Diamondbacks. Another lefty-lefty matchup there. Uh, We have three games throughout the night, starting at 10.05. Seattle in L.A. taking on the Angels. Felix Hernandez against Nick Tropiano. Uh, 10.15 start in San Francisco as Miami takes on the Giants. Jared Kozart against Jeff Samarja there in a righty-righty battle. And then we round out the night with one more righty-righty matchup in San Diego as Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals head there to take on Andrew Kashner and the and the Padres. All right, Benny, we got a lot to get into, so let's jump right in. Let's start with that first game of the night. Uh, Minnesota heading into Washington to take on the Nationals. Kyle Gibson against Gio Gonzalez. Where are you leaning in this one, Benny?
2: Oof, um, well, I mean, it's very easy for Washington. You know, anytime there's a right-hander on the mound, you want to have some shares of Bryce Harper. The guy is off to an amazing start. Seven home runs in his first 14 games. Um, you know, just absolutely phenomenal. So he's the, he's the top play also really like Daniel Murphy, who's been hitting well, that, that Washington lineup's actually been doing, uh, you know, doing some work so so far to start the year, but the two lefties in there and Harper and, and Murphy are the two guys that I'd really want. I really don't like this Minnesota, this Minnesota offense. I mean, we talked about it last time. They're averaging like 10 strikeouts a game. One of the lowest batting averages in the league, one of the lowest amount of runs scored to this point so far in the league this is a team that I've been targeting guys against. I don't know if I'm ready to say I want to target Gio Gonzalez against them because he has been kind of up and down. I mean, he looked great in his last game against Philly. I think he went seven innings, had eight strikeouts. You know, let up less than a, a you know a batter get on per inning. So those are great numbers. He's been good to start the year here. So he's an interesting play for me. Um, not going to be using any of the Minnesota bats, but I really wouldn't mind a little bit of Gio Gonzalez exposure. Uh, probably more for tournaments, though, because he, he's broken my heart quite a few times in the past.
1: Yeah, that, I, I always, I've been broken by Gio as well, but I, I, I like the matchup. I'm with you. There's really no one in this Twins lineup outside of, you know, Miguel Sano really isn't hitting that well who who really scares me. So uh, I'm leaning the same way. Plus, I, I do like what, how Gio's look so far. The 24.5% K percentage uh, going up against a 6.1% walk percentage. If If he can keep those walks down, he's gonna have success. That's the real question. But I I like the matchup. So you know, based on a a relatively decent price of nine thousand, a little a little more than you'd like to pay, but. Uh, a decent buy for Gio there. All right, let's move on to the other 7:05 start of the night. Is uh, Matt Moore and the uh, uh, Rays head into New York to take on your Yankees and the uh, the aged CC Sabathia? What are you thinking here? You
2: know, Tampa Bay actually has some guys that hit left-handed pitching pretty well. Uh, Logan Forsythe has some power and and had some pretty good numbers against lefties. You know, a guy like Longoria had a down year last year, but is usually somebody who's considered a you know a lefty masher. So I kinda like the Tampa Bay bats more than I like the Yankee bats. You look at the Yankees, guys that can hit left-handed pitching well, and they really don't have that many of them. I mean, A-Rod's the guy who has the best numbers over the course of the last couple years, but he's hitting like a buck fifty right now, so obviously doesn't look great. He's been dropped down to sixth in the order against left uh, against right-handed pitching. Against lefties, they'll probably have him up in the three hole, but I mean, it's not really something that I love. You get a guy like Aaron Hicks who will be in there. He's he's not really somebody I love, and as long as you know Brett Gardner, who's usually the guy who sits when Hicks is in, if they come in with a with a right-handed reliever, Hicks is coming out after three at bats, and Gardner or Beltran, whoever they happen to sit, is going to be coming in. So I can't really love him either. So on the Yankees, I mean, you're basically looking at Arod, Tex, and. Hicks as the bats that you want and I don't really want any of them so I don't know if I'd use Matt more but I don't really think I'm taking any Yankee bats against him
1: yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I hate that it's in Yankee Stadium as with regards to starting Moore, but I like the matchup against the lefty-heavy lineup, and he has looked really good so far. So, you know, I, I think Moore is a decent play, uh, especially for the price, only 7600 on FanDuel. That's a, a relative bargain for the upside he presents. Uh, agree, I'm not taking any Yankees hitters. And, and Longoria, Sousa, maybe a couple guys there on the Tampa Bay side, Sabathia with a... 380 whoa but a righties last season so there's some potential there and the Rays bats getting going a little bit put up a 12 spot against the Red Sox yesterday all right Benny let's move uh, to Toronto 707 start the A's against the the Blue Jays maybe a game with uh, not too many hitters are going to be starting Sonny Gray versus Aaron Sanchez an intriguing pitching matchup here
2: yeah I like both of the pitchers here which obviously is going to mean I'm not huge on any of the bats Um, Sonny Gray is solid Although, I don't know if I'd love to take him for the elevated price against, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes. I mean, I know they hit lefties a lot better, but this Toronto lineup last year was mashing no matter who was on the mound. So, I don't think it's a soft spot here for Gray. Probably not going to be using him. Sanchez, though, I like a lot at 6,700. This kid's looked good to start the year. I mean, he was always a big prospect. He was someone they were expecting a lot out of. You know, is basically striking out about a guy per inning in his first three starts so far this year. You know, not giving up a ton of hits. You know, the walks are a little bit higher than I'd like to see, but so far he hasn't been burned by him. He hasn't given up a lot of runs. So, at the price that he's at on most of the sites, he's a very intriguing option. And again, you look at that Oakland offense. There's not a ton there. They do have a lot of left-handed bats that they're going to throw up against them. You'll probably see a guy like Coughlin hitting second. You're going to see Reddick third, uh, Stephen Boat hitting fifth. So there'll be a lot of lefties up at the top of that order in a good hitter's park, but. Sanchez has been good enough that I I think I like him as somebody that I could roll out for a cheap option. And, you know, because I also like Gray a little bit, I don't think I like Gray enough to use him, but I also don't think I like the Toronto bats enough to use him against Gray. So I'm probably just going to be staying away from that side of the game.
1: Yeah, I love Sanchez. At 6,700, he's probably the best boomer bust play on the board with a very you know he hasn't busted yet this season like you said the walks have been an issue but with that k potential against a bad lineup you know potential for a win there i i think sanchez at 6700 is an absolute steal all right let's move on 710 start in cincinnati johnny lesta taking on john moskett the uh the relatively unknown i would say john moskett uh, are you stacking some Cubs in this one, Benny?
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's a viable option. Cincinnati's a good hitters' ballpark. That Cubs lineup against right-handed uh, pitching is going to be something all year long that we're going to be looking at. You know, even even though, you know all the left-handers I think are in play: Zobrist and, and Fowler, and um, you know, obviously Rizzo. But even the right-hander in there, and Chris Bryant, he does pretty well in righty on righty situations. So I think you can look at all of them. And then for the other side, this Cincinnati lineup has been pretty garbage to start the year. So, you know, Lester's a guy that I think you can look at. If you're looking for right-handed bats on Cincinnati to roll against them, I mean, who are you really looking at? Maybe Eugenio Suarez, you know, Mesoraco. It's not really a ton that's going to scare me. So I like Lester here a little bit. I like the uh, the Chicago bats.
1: Yeah, I pretty much have nothing to add there. I agree 100%. Uh, I I love stacking Cubs against Moskid. I mean... That guy hasn't been good in the minors nor the majors. Uh, You know, I don't think he's meant to be in the rotation, more of a spot start type thing on a bad team. So uh, with you there. All right, let's move on to the 735 start in Atlanta as the New York Mets head down to take on the Braves. The struggling Matt Harvey taking on the always underperforming Bud Norris. What are you thinking about this one, Benny?
2: I'm not to the point yet where I think I want to take bats against Harvey. I, I feel like he's going to figure it out you know sooner or later I mean to start the year he was a little banged up and and he hasn't looked good I agree with you but I'm still not to the point where I want to take bats against him. Bud Norris though is a guy who I've always liked to take bats against even back to his uh you know his Houston days not the greatest hitters ballpark but this Mets lineup has been on fire just bashing multiple home runs basically every game so with a with a righty like Norris struggles against left-handed bats you want to look at guys like Curtis Granderson. You want to look at guys like Conforto, who's hitting third in the lineup now, which is something I absolutely love. Uh, Lucas Duda had a big home run yesterday. He's got a ton of power, you know. And then even a guy like Cespedes, who's very good. We talk about it all the time, righty on righty situations. You know, you can look at Neil Walker closer down to the bottom of that lineup, left-handed bat, second baseman, kind of cheap, you know. And then even David Wright, who's hitting in the two hole, not really a great righty on righty guy over the course of his career, but you know, he's hitting in the middle of a of a really productive order right now that's putting up some runs and, you know, knocking some balls out of the park. So, I, I like the Mets. I think I could stack up some Mets here. Other than maybe Freddie Freeman on Atlanta, the lefty to go up against Harvey, you know, like I said, I know Harvey hasn't been good, but he is a good pitcher. So, you know, you can think that a guy like that can turn it around, as opposed to a guy like Bud Norris, who's never been a top-tier pitcher where, you know, there's a lot more of a, of a risk that he won't turn it around.
1: Yeah, I'm playing all my Mets. I think all the guys you mentioned, Conforto, Duda, uh, Granderson. Uh, Duda actually riding a three-game homer streak. Uh, Neil Walker, another guy you mentioned, had a monster series against the Phillies. Uh, I think he hit two or three homers in the series as well and was like seven for 14 or something. So I think all those guys are nice plays in that matchup. Um, and agree with the Harvey thing. I, I I actually am a little worried about Harvey, but you're not starting many Braves on any night, much less against a guy who could maybe turn it around. All right, let's head to the 8-10 starts as we head to Chicago as the Texas Rangers head in. A lefty-lefty matchup, Martin Perez against Jose Quintana. Uh, what are you thinking about this, Benny?
2: You know, I actually like Quintana a little bit because this Texas team is very left-handed. You know, you got uh, Nomar Mazzara hitting second. You got uh, Prince Fielder hitting third. Um, you got Mitch Moreland hitting fifth. So there's not a lot of right-handed bats here. So I think Texas could struggle. On the other side, I just – I wish there were more guys on on the Chicago White Sox that I could target against Perez – But there really aren't. I mean, I guess you can look at the middle of the order. You got guys like Jose Abreu, who, you know, is still pretty good against left-handers, although I think he actually has better numbers in righty-on-righty matchups. But he hits lefties well. I have no problem with him. Uh, Todd Frazier hits left-handed pitching pretty well, so I have no problem with him. But this Chicago offense isn't really all that great. So outside of the two of them, I can't really see too many other bats I want to target.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. Frazier has homered in three of the last four games. Does hit lefties really well. Perez bad against right-handers. So that—that's a guy I would consider. The thirty-seven hundred dollar price isn't isn't ideal, but you know when you look at the guys below him I do like him more than those guys so I think that's a relatively fair price for him Uh, otherwise I agree I think it's a lot of stay away on the Texas side All right, moving on to uh, the next 8-10 start in Milwaukee as the aforementioned Philadelphia Phillies and Aaron Nola heading to take on Zach Davies in a righty righty matchup guessing you're leaning hitting in this one Benny but not too many good options
2: yeah you know not really though I mean Aaron Nola is an okay. pitcher on the mound. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's great, but I don't think he's bad. And he's been solid to start the year. And Milwaukee really doesn't have a lot of guys who hit right-handed pitching well. You know, Braun is, is good in righty on righty situations. You, you know, Scooter Gannett is obviously somebody you always want to look at when you're going up against a righty. But outside of that, I mean, I'm not really loving Santana's today. I don't love Chris Carter in righty on righty matchups. Not a huge fan of uh, Jonathan Lucroy righty on righty. So I don't see a lot on Milwaukee outside of maybe Braun and, and Gannett that I really want. And then I would like to target guys against Zach Davies. I don't think he's a very good pitcher. Didn't look good in the last start that he had. But it's not like this Philly offense is world beaters. I mean, if you want some guys on Philly, you can take, you know, Odabel Herrera leading off right now, I think, is somebody who could be in play. You know, Mikhail Franco is a guy that can actually mash the ball. Should have had a home run the other night. Juan Legarris made an amazing catch in center field to rob him of that one. But, I mean, where else are you going to go? You know, I'm not a Ryan Howard fan. He's not somebody that I want to play. You know, maybe if Cesar Hernandez is up towards the top, but he hasn't been hitting all that well, so... As much as I want to stack guys against Davies, I just can't see who that would be on this Philly on this Philly lineup.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. Maybe you take a flyer on a or or Franco or whatever, but uh, really unintriguing options. Uh, you know, Nola gave up seven runs his last start, and, you know, has the propensity to get – you know, he's solid, but he he's not, you know, infallible, and, and Mil- Milwaukee's been a little better than expected offensively. But even still, I agree. This game, despite the, you want to have guys against a guy like Zach Davies, just not a ton of good options. All right, Benny, just like last time, we're going to have to jump back in time an hour because – I, I, again, neglected uh, to, to do a game. This time it wasn't just out of pure Yankee hate. I, I guess it was a AL Central bias as I skipped the Cleveland Indians heading into Detroit and Josh Tomlin versus Justin Verlander at 7-10. So let's hop back in time, Benny. And uh, Le, what do you think about this uh, AL Central matchup here?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't like either one of these pitchers. So I think you can look at a lot of the Detroit bats going up against Tomlin. You know, I think he's only going to go about five innings, too, so it's going to wind up being a ballpen game, and there's nothing about the Cleveland ballpen that, that makes me scared of that fact. So, you know, there's a lot of big bats on Detroit. You guys know all the names, Kinsler, Miggy, J.D., um, you know, Justin Upton. I think all of them are worth a look, even though it's righty on righty. They all hit right-handed pitching pretty well, so I think they could all be in play. Verlander's gotten lit up in a couple of his recent starts to start the year here, so... Sure, you can target bats against them, but I mean, who do you really want to take on Cleveland? Francisco Lindor hitting in the three hole is somebody that I like. But then you're talking about, like, you know, do you go Napoli and Santana or, you know, who's leading off for them now? Is it like Rajay Davis or something? Yes. I, you know, I mean, those guys are the other options. I'm not saying they're good options. I'm not saying they're guys I want to run and put into my lineup, but. Those are your options if you want to go against Furlava.
1: Yeah, I would consider Kipnis. Uh, you know, he hasn't really gotten it going that much, but does historically hit right-handers well. And at 3500 compared to where he's normally priced isn't necessarily a, a bargain. There are guys I like lower, so I don't know if I would play him, but maybe a tournament lineup or two just to be a little different. Uh, all right, Benny, before we jump back forward in time again, a uh, quick reminder that MLB season is here and it means the daily fantasy baseball is back. Go to fanduel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players and stand with a salary cap and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play and you can jump forward in time, backward in time. It doesn't matter if it's an eight, 10 start a seven Oh five start. There's going to be games for, for all segments of games whether it's just the day games the night games the whole site, you can do whatever you want it, it's, it's really easy to use it's really fun to play and you can join over the 1 million other users who've already won money it's never too late to join come play with me every day over at fanduel.com just go to fanduel.com and click the microphone in the upper right hand corner and use my code RWPOD to sign up now that's RWPOD also there's a special offer for new users you can get a 6 month rotowire subscription with a $25 deposit you must sign up with my promo code rwpod and that's $60 in value for just $25 that that's a an insane deal don't forget you got to use my code rwpod it's fanduel.com where every day is a new season that's fanduel f-a-n-d-u-e-l Dot com, sign up today. All right, Benny, let's jump back forward in time again. Another 810 start, the last of the 810 starts. In Houston, as the Boston Red Sox and Stephen Wright. Uh, I wanted to do like a deadpan, this is Stephen Wright type of thing for the for the comedian, but I'm guessing I'm, I'm aging myself because most people will probably say, who's Stephen Wright? So let's focus on the baseball player, <laughs> Stephen Wright, taking on Colin McHugh. Where are you leaning in this one, Benny?
2: Yeah, I mean, Wright's actually been okay to start the year. He hasn't been that bad. So, you know, I guess that would make it a little bit of a tougher game for Houston, but... That's such a – that lineup is so hit or miss, I mean, and and literally hit or miss because they have a whole bunch of guys in that lineup that strike out a lot, and they also have a whole bunch of guys in that lineup that can mash some home runs. So if you get the top of that order going like they've been going recently, you know, Altuve, Springer's got home runs in three straight games, I think. You know, Correa's actually cooled off a little bit. Colby Rasmus had a hot start to the season. He's cooled off a little bit. I don't think it's a soft spot for Steven Wright at all. So I think that Houston will be able to get some runs against them. And honestly, Colin McHugh hasn't looked that great on the other side either. So, you know, I think I'd be looking at guys like, you know, David Ortiz against him, maybe a Mookie Betts, who is another guy who struggled out of the gates here so far. I'm not looking really at any of the pitching. I think some of the bats in this game are interesting. The fact that it's in Houston, which is a very good hitter's park, a place where a lot of home runs fly out of, um, kind of makes me feel like I do want to have some exposure here.
1: Yeah, I'll give you another name, and it's one of those names that, that I feel like every year there's always guys who who it takes a little while for their price to go up, even though they just keep hitting and hitting and hitting. And that's Travis Shaw in Boston at third base. I mean, the guy is the third baseman. Sandoval's on the DL. He's been heading anywhere between fourth and sixth in the lineup. He's got a 402 Woba on the season, uh, and he's been even better against uh, uh, right handed pitching, a 468 Woba against right handed pitching. Obviously, a small sample size, but McHugh, uh, you know, I I think that's a nice matchup there. And he's only 2,900 at third base. So maybe a guy you can kind of squeeze in your lineup to help you spend some more money. In other places, who might end up really benefiting you, uh, but otherwise, I, I like the names you mentioned. Uh, I, you know, I think that this is a game that, even though Wright's been okay so far, I think this one could, we could see some crooked numbers here. Uh, all right, Benny, the uh, last of the uh, early eight o'clock starts an eight fifteen start out in Kansas City. Uh, Giovanni Gallardo against the tallest pitcher in baseball, I believe, Chris Young. Uh, what do you think about this one, Benny?
2: Yeah, I don't really like Gallardo, so I think you can look at some of those KC bats. My problem with the KC bats is always, there's not a ton of upside with taking them, because they have a whole team of guys that like to walk and hit singles, which is great if you're a Sabermetrics guy and is great for an actual real-life baseball team, but If you're only getting singles and and walks, it's not really how you score a ton of fantasy points. So it's not really what we're looking for in that department. But I don't like Gallardo. I think that they can definitely get to him, and I would expect Kansas City to win this game, which also probably means that Christian Young is a guy who could possibly be in play if only for the fact that he'll get the win and, you know, should go five innings or so. Now, he's been knocked around a little bit, too, so I would be looking for some of the power bats against him. You know, a guy, I'm pretty sure he's, like, lights out to right-handed bats. So I don't think even a guy like Machado, who's good in righty-on-righty, is somebody you want to use. But a guy like Chris Davis kind of stands out to me. Um, You know, Joey Rickard at the top of that lineup has been been really good as a leadoff guy. If you're looking for a, you know, cheap option that's been making value for your cash games, I think he's somebody you can look at probably where I would end it there, though. Those are those are the two guys. If you're looking for a catcher, I also like Weeters. I have his name written down here, too. That's probably about it, though.
1: Yeah, I lean the same way. I'm definitely looking more at some of those Kansas City left handed bats. Eric Hosmer, 3,300 intrigues me. Uh, a nice value there, it feels like. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's It's kind of a weird spot. And I don't particularly like Gallardo or Young that much. But in KC, I just it, I don't feel like it's going to be a big scoring game. So, kind of a tough one to predict, though. Almost a stay away for me. Uh, all right, let's go to a game that you're. There's always the op, uh, potential for a lot of offense there. An eight forty start out in Colorado. Scott Casimir, the lefty, taking on the youngster John Gray, making his first start of the season. Uh, Benny, you, you expecting runs? It's Coors Field. Yeah, just play everybody. Next. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean, you know, I say it half joking,
2: but I also say it for for guys who are playing daily fantasy. I mean, there's a reason why we always talk about Colorado and there's a reason why you'll have guys who always tell you they hate Colorado. And there's a reason why there's a lot of really good DFS players that come from Colorado because stacking either side of the Colorado Rockies game at at Coors Field has been something that can help you win on a lot of nights that are out there, you know. So I mean, is a lefty. You probably want to look at some of the righty bats on on Colorado. Colorado actually doesn't smash left-handed pitching all that well, but I still think they'll do pretty well at home and course. I'd probably be more inclined to look at all the lefties on Los Angeles going up against John Gray. You know, it's a very lefty-heavy lineup, but honestly, they haven't been putting up the kind of runs that people thought they would. But, I mean, just looking at it based on the numbers, those are the guys that stand out. I wanted to get your take on something. You know, I was a big Corey Seeger fan coming into the year, and I, you know, a lot of guys, season long guys, were loving him and talking about him and taking him really highly in drafts. He had a, a pretty hot start the first couple games, but he is ice cold right now. I mean, I, I rostered him once or twice in the last week, and I'm almost to the point where, you know, he's not like one of the first names that I look at anymore. Are you, are you kind of feeling the same way about Seeger?
1: I I get it and, and and certainly from a daily standpoint I'm going to need to see him do it a little bit more but from a from a season long I, I'm not too worried he's always hit every level he's ever been at he's a smart hitter he's got a he's very patient he's got a good eye he makes contact at a really high rate I I think that Corey Seager is going to be fine and you know look I think when any of these guys unless maybe your name's Bryce Harper and even then Bro- Harper when he was really young uh, and up you know these guys need adjustments they need to make adjustments it's you know the league's gonna catch up with you to a certain point and I, I think that Seager's just going through one of those little growing periods I'm I'm honestly not very worried and and considering if you just look at the shortstops on the board there are other guys that I like more than him at 4,000 but I'd take him over Trevor Story at 4,900 you know just based on that $900 difference but I definitely get what you're saying, and and I think you made some good points about the game as well. Um, you know, Yasiel Peek, even though it's a righty-righty matchup, is only 4,000, um, which doesn't seem to be the same course bump as you're seeing across the kind of field of the other guys. Um, you know, like Adrian Gonzalez, for instance, has been hitting well, but went from 3,300 yesterday to being 4,200 in Colorado. So, you know, yeah, I mean, and, and it is in, built into the values, but even then, like you said, you know, if the numbers are going to be there who cares um so you know i think you got to go through and really try and find the guys that have those those solid pricing differences for you but there's always potential goodness in coors field uh all right benny let's move on we got four games left on the slate to power through the a start of the evening in arizona as the pittsburgh pirates and jonathan knees head out to take on patrick corbin in a battle of lefties uh what are you thinking about this one benny
2: you know, I actually like a, a bunch of the bats here, even though Corbin and Nese nice have been okay. You look at that Pittsburgh team last year, um, McCutcheon and Marte were just absolute, almost automatic starts against left-handed pitching. I know they haven't had a hot start to this season, but both of those guys can hit lefties really, really well. So I do like the uh, the Pittsburgh bats, and I think all the right-handers there are guys that you want to take a look at. Over on the other side, too, I mean, you got a lefty pitching against Arizona, so... You know, Goldie is probably going to stand out as the top option on the day, you know, numbers-wise. He absolutely smashes left-handed pitching. Uh, even guys like Wellington Castillo, um, you know, starting to get that little power stroke going. They're back home in Arizona, which is a great hitter's ballpark. So I'd be looking at some of the right-handers to, to go up against uh, Jonathan Neese with the lefties in this game. So righties on both sides is, is probably how I'd go.
1: Yeah, you can never go wrong playing righties against John Neese. Nice. He, he always struggles. Uh, and then yeah, on the other side, I, I kind of, though, I, I agree with you that there are some nice plays on Pittsburgh, but it also wouldn't shock me if Patrick Corbin went out and you know had seven innings and ten strikeouts. And, and at $7,800 that's a decent risk, you know, That that's a measured risk that I think I would, would consider based on the other numbers.
2: That Pirates lineup really hasn't been hitting all that well to start the season, so the numbers look good when you look at the numbers, but, you know, the numbers are the numbers. Sometimes guys are just in a slump, and right now it feels like that whole lineup is kind of slumping.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like there's there's really, you know, not a lot of um, statistical evidence to support Hot streaks, cold streaks, and stuff, and yet they always happen, so you know it's 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 kind of a tough thing to figure out, especially doing daily, so sometimes you got to trust your gut benny as as unscientific as that is uh all right benny let's uh, get to the ten o'clock starts a ten o five game out in Anaheim as the uh Seattle. Mariners in the the top, uh, most expensive pitcher on the board and Felix Hernandez take on, uh, I think, maybe the least expensive or one of the least expensive pitchers on the board in Nick Tropiano, uh, right-hander there. What are you thinking, Benny? Are you uh, going to be stacking some Mariners bats? I don't know. I mean,
2: Tropiano was good in his last start. I, I actually do like Felix because this L.A. team, they just don't hit very well. They're not a very good hitting team. Outside of Mike Trout, I mean, what bats are you scared of against Felix Hernandez? Maybe Cole Calhoun, maybe uh, Pujols, who's good in righty on righty matchups. But I'd I'd rather take Felix Hernandez as a pitcher over either one of those guys as a hitter. You know, like I said, Tropiano, he was really good in his last start. You you probably would want to take left-handed bats against him. So you know, Cano is somebody who obviously stands out to me. Maybe a little bit of uh, Kyle Seager as well. But I mean, I just don't think that there's a ton of bats that are really jumping out at me in this game. So, other than the names that I mentioned, I don't think I'll have exposure to anybody.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. I like Cano too. Cano, uh, you know, just coming off that monster game-winning home run in Cleveland, but um, you know, and also Price, somewhat moderately at uh, at thirty-four hundred. He's like the, I believe, the tenth or ninth or tenth second baseman on the board. So that's a decent risk to me that that I might be willing to make, but. I agree, kind of otherwise, Mike Trout, uh, and you're probably not playing against Felix because where's the upside there? Uh, All right, Benny, two games left on the slate as we head to San Francisco as Jared Kozart and the Marlins head in to take on Jeff Samarja. Uh, What are you thinking about here out in uh, the Bay Area?
2: It's not really a good hitter's park. I don't really like either one of these pitchers, but I don't think that there's a ton of upside for a lot of the bats. You know, I mean, on Miami, I guess you can look at some of the lefties going up against Samarja. Uh, D Gordon or you know Christian Yelich, who's been pretty solid to start the season. A guy like Justin Bohr has got a little bit of power. You know, I guess John Carlos Stanton as a as a contrarian player for tournaments makes some sense with the power that he has. And then on the other side against Kozart, you know, I I just I really don't think that this is going to be a high scoring game. But I mean, I guess uh, since he's a righty, you want to look at you know like Denard Span and Panic up on top of that order. You know, Posey hits well, righty-on-righty situations. Brandon Belt, the left-hander against a righty, is somebody who could be in play. I just don't think I want to pay up for those guys, though, for a game in San Francisco. Although, I don't really like Kozart. I don't think he's a great pitcher. I just don't think they're going to light him up for eight or nine runs.
1: Yeah, th- there's no one who really jumps out at me. Anel Bagan continues to be pretty uh, pretty low-priced in the, you know— And I think, that you know, he's had a nice start to the season, offers a little steal upside, 2,900. Not a bad price for the guy, Uh, you know, righty-lefty matchup there as well. I believe he's a switch, but better from the left side. So I I think that's a decent play there. But I'm with you. It's hard to get too excited, though. You do want to get some exposure against a pitcher who is – Consistently as unexciting as Jared Kozart. All right, Benny. Let's round out the slate uh, with the last game of the evening, ten forty in San Diego, as the struggling Adam Wainwright heads in to take on Andrew Kashner. Are you? Uh, are you? I know the Padres lineup is bad, but are you starting to to buy in on the uh, Wainwright's in trouble thing? Well,
2: I drafted this guy in season long, and you know, I, I actually heard him on serious Radio talking about how everybody was crazy in the expert draft for not taking him higher. Well, with the way he started the season off, I think everybody at the expert draft was crazy for not taking him lower. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to take San Diego bats against them because so far I haven't seen them hit the ball against uh, right-handed pitching at all. Against left-handed pitching, they seem to be mashing it over the last couple days after knocking around Liriano and Locke in the last two games. But until I see them actually hit a righty, I'm still going to give Wainwright the benefit of the doubt. St. Louis, on the other hand, has quite a few bats, left-handed bats, that I wouldn't mind going up against Cashner with. You know, as a matter of fact, I kind of like the whole top of that St. Louis lineup. You can start with guys like Carpenter. You know, um, whether it's Hazel Baker or Piscotty, um, you know, Holiday and Brandon Moss and Mossickly or Matt Adams. If they go with Matt Adams instead, both left-handed bats, I, I think I'd rather have exposure if I'm going to have exposure anywhere here. It's probably going to be to the St. Louis bats, and I don't want to ton of exposure ever in uh, you know, San Diego to a lot of bats, especially when there's a game in cores and, you know, a couple other games with weak pitchers and, and much better. Hit sparks. So you can go for some of those St. Louis guys. They're kind of cheap. They in your cash games, but I don't think there's a ton of upside in this one either.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I agree if I'm taking any bats at St. Louis, but I'm also not starting Wainwright on the same end, uh, even, even against a bad a bad matchup there. Uh, Benny, that'll do it for our Earth Day edition, April 22nd, of, of Rotowire wire DFS podcast. Uh, I hope we've helped you out a little bit, a, a lot to get through. And, uh, again, RIP Prince, you will be missed uh, immensely. Uh, we lost the legend. And uh, I'd like to thank again for my co-host, Benny Ricciardi. Uh, I'm James Seltzer. We appreciate you listening to the MLB rotowire dfs podcast for april 22nd we'll be back with you tomorrow and and benny and i will be back with you next week so good luck and uh, go out and win some money game blouses